my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. This episode is made possible by our sponsors, CSU Ramzone, powered by the CSU Bookstore, Ginger and Baker, and Peterson Toyota. Peterson Toyota is your local Toyota dealer, serving Fort Collins, Loveland, Windsor, and Tinmouth, and has been doing so for more than 50 years. Not only will you find the latest Toyota models, you'll also find a friendly and accommodating staff eager to assist you. You'll receive first-class attention, whether it be a service appointment, help picking out the right part for your Toyota, or test driving a new or pre-owned vehicle. Stop in and check out the 2024 RAV4 Hybrid, a beauty with a selection of 17 or 18-inch alloy wheels, an available two-tone roof, and a new enhanced 10-year hybrid battery warranty from the date of first use or 150,000 miles, whichever comes first. Whatever you're looking for, Peterson's expert staff will help you find the one that's right for you, all at competitive pricing and financing. Peterson strives to be the best in everything they do, and they will take care of you. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please get Peterson Toyota first shot of your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. And you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not bow. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Welcome everybody to Ram Nation Radio. I am Joel Cantalamessa. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all of you. Thank you for listening. Today, in just a second, we will have Chad Savage, CSU's uh, wide receivers coach and recruiting coordinator. He'll be joining me to talk about the recruiting class after yesterday's signing day. It's ranked by 24-7 Sports and Rivals as the top class in the Mountain West. And we'll talk a little bit about that and... Uh, the overall recruiting process, fending off poachers and, and NIL and all that stuff, So, uh, as well as where this, this program is headed. Uh, after that, Mike Rowe will be joining me. He had a little bit of a conflict for our call with Coach Savage as I'm recording this now, but uh, he will be available in a little bit, and we'll welcome in Adam Nygon, the color analyst for CSU Radio Network, and we'll talk a little Ram hoops and the upcoming game versus Loyola Marymount on Friday. So without further ado, let's bring in Chad Savage, who just helped land the top class in the Mountain West. So far, we've got another recruiting period to go, but uh, 24-7 Sports and Rivals and other recruiting publications have the Rams as the top recruiting class so far. And as Justin Michael from DNVR pointed out on social media, three of the four highest rated recruits in program history have signed under this staff. So Chad, congrats on you and your staff's efforts. I know the work is not done, but it's got to be a relief to get some of these guys on board. No doubt. I mean, yesterday, especially when that you finally got that email saying the guys are official, it was a big sigh of relief. And especially this last month, just making sure the guys are, are still committed to us. They were planning on signing yesterday. We went through a lot because a lot of schools were, were making strong pushes toward our guys, but we're just thankful that those prospects and their families trusted us and they made the decision to come to Colorado State. You know, but trying to poach down at the wire is has always been a thing in recruiting, right? But uh, it's a, a different world these days when now money's involved too. So, um, you know, I, I think I'm sure that a lot of your guys probably had some of these schools, some power five schools in their ear offering money right down to the wire on signing day. How do you fend those guys off or are they, uh, are your are your recruits like letting you know when stuff is happening? Are you like just constantly on the phone with them and reassuring that this is the place for them? Yeah, the recruits are very transparent throughout the process. Well, the guys that we were dealing with this year were very transparent. And with myself and Coach Norvell, when we were at homes last week doing in-home visits, we pretty much just laid it all out. Like, is, is there any guys coming out after you? Do you still plan on signing with us Wednesday? And we we're trying to get everything answered. And guys are transparent. Well, Coach – these guys are talking about this. These guys are talking about that. And at the end of the day, we just talk about loyalty and trust. And people keep talking about it's a business. Well, it is a business that we made the business decision to bring your son up on a trip last June, made the business decision to spend thousands of dollars to fly out to see them multiple times, whether it go to a game during the season 
or to see them in this last recruiting period in November and December. And so that's all part of the business. When some people want to just think business is NIL money, we don't really get our, our minds wrapped around that. You know what I mean? And so if we can just get them to understand the big picture and when we're talking to receivers, we want them to trust what we do with receivers in our development. We look at guys like at Nevada, we had Romeo Dobbs. You look at a guy like Torrey Horton, what we've done now, and now these guys have the next opportunity to be one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's got to be one of your selling points for sure. When you look at NIL, though, Coach Norvell has talked about how it's just changed the whole world of recruiting. Um, and I'm curious, is as you're talking to these guys, obviously you're talking many conversations through the course of your uh, recruitment of them, but uh, are, are players that you are seeking asking for, hey, for me to sign with you guys, I've got these kind of offers out there. Can you guys match money-wise? Or is it really, hey, when you get on campus, you'll have NAL, NAL opportunities. Um, or are there any players that you do have coming in that do get a little bit of money up front from our collective? How does that yeah, all work? That, that, I mean, the college football landscape has changed significantly. And every prospect asks, Coach, what's NIL like at Colorado State? We got to answer that question because that's the day and age we're living in. And so it's a conversation we got to have with everybody involved. But the guys in this recruiting class in the 2024 class, it wasn't essentially a bidding war like the SEC teams might do. We don't see that, but it's just explaining how our collective is structured, right? John Weber and those guys with the green and gold guard do an amazing job, right? We are so thankful for the countless hours that he puts in day in, day out to help out our players and not just our football team, but every athletic program on Colorado State's campus. And so hat off to John. He, he does a great job. But we just tell our guys, it's up to the individual. If you come to Colorado State and you take care of business in the classroom, on the field, you're well-liked in the community, there's endless opportunities. There's a lot of resources in Fort Collins. People are willing to help out the individuals, but they got to handle their business. And we're not just going to talk an NIL deal with a kid prior to him getting on campus, because if he gets on campus and he has all this money, but he doesn't know how to catch a football, now we got an issue. And I think that's what you're seeing. And, and reality is a lot of the stories we hear about NIL, it's a lot of fluff. I mean, you look at what happened last year with the kid that committed to Florida and it was millions of dollars, gets to Florida and, and nothing's there. So it, just to hear it from your mouth, talking to, because we hear a lot from from guys that are, you know, they're donating money to the athletic department, they're donating money to the round ball club for for, for basketball, they're donating money to uh, the football uh, fund as well, uh, the touchdown club, and um, are, now you throw in NIL, and people are like, where should I be best spending my money? I'm not going to ask you to answer that, but as far as how the Green and Gold Guard is impacting your program why is it why is it important for someone to to donate and get involved with that? How would that specifically impact you guys being able to retain your players? I think it's the reality of what college football is. And like I told Coach, I said, if we don't stand on the table and make changes with today's day and age of college football, we're going to be on the menu and we're going to get eaten alive. And so we got to stand on the table and we got to be willing to make changes, whether it be with NIL, recruiting, transfer portal, whatever it may be. And with NIL, it's we're fortunate that we got so many great people in the Fort Collins area, whether it be alums, whether it just be people that want to support our athletes. And I think right now, NIL donations are more critical than maybe getting a, a weight room makeover, something like that. You know what I mean? People are always trying to make donations for new facilities, whatever it may be, new uniforms. We have all that stuff at Colorado State. If we want to retain our best players year in, year out, we need everybody to do their part. And we're not asking for six figures, right? But if you can just give some money over time, all that adds up. The players, you got to look from the players' perspective. They come to Colorado State, right? They love it here. They love the coaches. They love the town. They have great facilities, great resources, great academics being offered. And when they're getting hit up or poached or, or tampered by these other schools talking about money, they're 18 to 22 year olds. It's hard to ignore it. 
And so it's just the reality of what the sport's coming to. And I think we sit in a good spot compared to some other schools in our conference with our NIL. And now we just need I know coaches work in tireless to make it the best it can possibly be. And now we're just doing everything we can to make sure our players are getting taken care of. Well, I know one of the guys that you were happy to retain was Tory Horton. Yeah. Uh, and, and he, he wasn't a guy that necessarily, and he, I'm sure he could have gone anywhere he wanted to, but uh, I think his, his eye was either NFL or coming back to CSU. Obviously he decided to stay. That's a huge deal for you guys. How did that shake out? I mean, you want what's best for him. If he's knows that he's going in a first or second round, you're probably pushing him to do that. I mean, who would right. you be crazy not to, but um, how do you have that conversation with him and, and how did he decide to stay? It just comes down to being very honest with, with everybody and, Tori comes from a great family. His mom, his dad, his siblings, very professional. Um, myself, Coach Norvell, and some other staff members, we just had honest conversations with Tori. I mean, I talked to two or three NFL scouts every single day after practice, right? Coach Norvell knows general managers in the in the National Football League. And so what we did with Tori was we essentially gathered all information possible where he was on draft boards, his projections, and we just gave him honest feedback on what people were saying about him. And I told Tori, at the end of the day, I'm going to support you. Whether you want to come back or whether you want to declare, I'm going to support that decision because he's worked his tail off to be in that position that he's in. And not that many people can say they have that opportunity to go play at the next level. But I think Tori realizing that he's got a chance to improve his physical stature to get a college degree, those are a few things that really attracted Tori to come back for one more year. Well, we did have a few guys leave for the portal and and probably NIL opportunities as well. Uh, but what's and that's just going to happen in college football these days. But what what is aggravating? I'm sure it's even infinitely more aggravating to you guys is the actual the tampering that's going on with players that are on teams. They're not these are not just recruits. They're actually on a, a roster. And we've got other schools coming in and saying, hey, if you come here, you're going to get this, right? So uh, what are your thoughts uh, on this not being policed at all, really, by the NCAA and uh, and how it's impacting you guys and what can be done about it going forward? I don't know. that I essentially don't know an answer on what they could do. They definitely have to make a change because I don't know if we can <laughs> live this life because it's it's it is crazy. I don't know what else how to sum it up, but it is crazy. The way people do it is there's these NIL collectives. There's these so on called street agents, seven on seven coaches, high school coaches, and these coaches go through them, then hit up these players. And we've got guys where street agents are telling them, okay, you get in the portal, you can go make $100,000, $200,000 and go play at this school. It's BS, right? And my graduate assistant, Brad Aoki, he did a, a study for me. Group of five receivers that transferred to the power five level last year, on average, had 16 to 18 less targets in 270 less yards at that new school. You look at the kid from UTSA, he was over a thousand yards when he was at UTSA. He went to Ole Miss. I think he had 37 yards this year. Now he might've been injured. Something might've happened, but you just look at those numbers and our biggest selling point is, is Tory Horton, right? Tory could go play at any, with any team in America right now. He could go play in the sec, the big 10. We all know that, but scouts still come to our practice. They know where we're located. They want to find a good receiver. They look at our offense with what we've done the past five years. And so we tell guys, you look at Tori and you just trust our plan, you'll be okay. But people often look over the fence and they might think that grass is greener, but sometimes that's artificial turf. And we do our best to educate these guys on everything because this is our job. We're sitting in the building. We know what's going on. But if you want to go listen to a guy that's going to sell you the dream, sometimes you got to learn the hard way. So you guys are armed with the data. You're armed with a story, a success story with, with Tori. Um, and so I assume that that's kind of what you had to do when, uh, you know, Jay came out and talked about Braden Fowler, Nicolosi and the offer that he got. 
Um, I'm sure Justice Ross Simmons was in the same boat, both of those guys. It was great to see them announce that they were staying. And I love that. I mean, it seems like guys like that are going to be a rare breed in college football going forward. But um, I mean, this has got to be one of the biggest jobs you have now is to re-recruit existing players every year and have that conversation you just talked about. Yep. And we, we conducted exit interviews with all of our players following our, our loss at Hawaii on um, that next week. And we just asked guys like, Hey, are you getting hit up by other schools? What's going on? And most of the guys were telling us the truth. And again, it's just having that honest conversation of everything. The grass isn't always greener on the other side, but if guys go in the portal, sorry, Coach Norbell's actually calling me right now. <laughs> you need to answer? Uh, I'll, we'll, we'll pause. No, it. It's okay. I'll call him back. Um, it's if a kid does leave, and we've had kids do it in the past, if they leave and it doesn't necessarily work out, now we have that example. Okay, look what happened to this guy, right? He thought he had a better opportunity. Maybe it didn't pan out. Now we can give that to the next guys that are thinking about jumping ship and going to a new program. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the new Rams that are coming in. Um, you got 19 guys that were that signed and, and 12 from California. And I, and I know that you guys have talked about hitting California when, when Jay was hired, he had said that this staff knows how to, knows how to recruit California and specifically SoCal. You've, you kind of know the, the secret there, but how are you guys getting it done there, by the way? It's, what it, what is it? So, and you we, last time we had you on, you talked a little bit about this, but what makes you guys successful there? Just taking the time to really know the people who are involved with the prospects. And I think what a lot of schools do, they go to the big dogs, right? They go to the modern days, the Boscos, the Sierra Canyons. We go to every school, right? And some guys are going to fly in, hit two schools and fly out. The guys that recruit Southern California, myself, Coach Finley, Coach AP, we will fly in, we will hit every school, and we're going to ask questions. Who do they have on their roster that could maybe fit for Colorado State? Who did they play against this year that stood out? And if they say, okay, Johnny from that school played, well, you better know I'm going to that school later that day to find out more about that kid. And taking the time to answer your phone, to get back to people in a timely fashion with text messages to give them honest evaluations about their players. And when you're honest and transparent about where their guys stand, they're going to help you out at the end of the day. And if you just keep showing face, they're going to remember that logo. And we take the time to do that. And we're fortunate that we got a athletic department with Joe Parker that allows us to travel and recruit the way we do it. Because if you don't have good players, you're not going to be able to win because the old saying goes, it's about Jimmy and Joe's, not not the X's and O's. And we're fortunate that they support us, that we can go on the road, we can travel across the country, we can hit every state. But we do have some good ties in Southern California, and we're fortunate that we can get guys out of there every single year. We'll talk a, a few specifics about, about those players, uh, but I also want to mention you got three in-state products. Um, you got uh, Greg Meyer's son, Dagan Myers, and Sean Moran's son, Jack Moran. Uh, plus uh, Zach Smith, an offensive lineman from Thunder Ridge uh, down at Highlands Ranch, which is just across the way from where I am. Um, it how how important I know Jay has talked about this as well, but you always start you start in Colorado. Uh, what is your philosophy on trying to get uh, to hit Colorado as hard as possible and make sure you get the right guys to keep the best players at home, um, especially when they're they're in your backyard. There's so many good football players in the state of Colorado now people don't understand that we look at everybody in America, right? And sometimes they get upset if we don't take a guy from in-state, but we're always going to take the best players. But if there's the best player in the state of Colorado, we're going to take them or we're going to actively recruit them to try to get them. Now, can we get everybody? No, that's just reality of what college football is, but we're definitely going to shoot our shot. And to keep those guys that you just mentioned and to land them, we're fortunate and we're so excited for their futures. All right, so I mean, and and I try not to get super excited about recruiting and all the recruiting, uh, the highlights and stuff because half the time a lot of these guys don't even last a couple of years in your program, right? So, right. Uh, but there's a couple guys on this list that that are pretty pretty exciting, and you probably start with four star wide receiver Jordan Ross, um, second highest rated player to ever sign at CSU. What what can you tell us about him? 
special is what he is. Um, I think he's the definition of a playmaker. He's versatile. But what I love about Jordan is he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's very competitive. He's confident. But when that dude's got the ball in his hands, it's different. But he plays with a certain swagger. And I went to his game when they played Downey High School, and it was pretty sweet. They played at SoFi Stadium. But just watching his body language, his mannerisms and pregame warm-ups, how he conducted himself, I was like, okay, he plays with a certain swagger that he knows he's going to make plays. And great family, great kid. We are so excited, and he's got a chance to play right away. And then you got a couple other guys uh, for your room uh, at receiver as well. Um, Landon Bell and Corey Hall. Yep. Those guys, both California guys as well. Yeah. So Landon Bell is the Las Vegas guy. He played his some ball at Liberty High School, but then his senior year, he played at Newberry Park up in Ventura County. And so he's a Vegas, Southern California guy. And then Corey played at Grover Cleveland High School, which is also up in the Valley in the Northridge area. Um, two bigger body guys and we like a certain profile at the wide receiver position. And those are guys that are both six, one plus they have running ability. They have great body control. They can stretch the field vertically. And so we're excited to, to get those guys in our system and to let them play ball. And it's uh CSU has kind of had this reputation of wide receiver you for years, even dating back to, to Bobo and, uh, it's continued under you guys and that's got to probably be a, a selling point when you're, when you're talking to recruits, all, all the successful guys, you've got guys in the NFL uh, guys who have been recently in the NFL and then uh, the success that guys on your current roster are having. So uh, I imagine yeah. that's, you go to the well on, on that telling that story a little bit, I bet. Yeah. Um, we talk about that and we talk about the amount of seasons we've had a thousand yard receiver at Colorado state, but you talk about our offense too. And I tell these receivers, you're a wide receiver, right? You play the position to catch the football. Now, obviously, we got to block and, and do our part in the run game, but we were third in passing attempts in college football this year, right? Coach Mummy's dad helped invent this offense. It's in our blood. We're not going to change. We're going to throw the ball, and if you want targets, this is the offense you want to be in. Right. Well, and, and you – and. So that leads me to my next question, because you also have a really good looking running back coming in. I don't know if you had any involvement in in him. He's from Arkansas. Um, but what what can you tell us about Jalen Dupree and the, the fact that we are a heavy pass? Obviously, you see that on the outside, knowing as we watch the, the program every day, the, our running backs touch the ball quite a bit. But how yep. do you how do you and you guys have had a couple of really good successful uh, big time running back recruits over the last couple of years, three, two, two yep. last year and, and this one this year. How are you, how are you able to get guys like that and tell that story and tell us a little bit about Jalen Dupree, who he is and what kind of player he is. Yeah. Jalen's a very dynamic player. Um, <laughs> he's a load, right? He's a, he's a physical back. He's a downhill back. And he's a guy that, that was going to execute our scheme very well. And we want guys that are going to be downhill runners, but at the same time can catch the ball out of the backfield. And he he checks all those boxes. He's he's going to be a guy that can play right away. And we want our running backs to play on special teams too. And he's got the body type to do so. And so Coach Moses did a great job landing him. Coach Finley was also very involved with that recruitment process. And both those guys did a hell of a job getting Jalen to sign yesterday. And, and probably, yeah, no kidding, because he was probably one that had a lot of guys in his ear. Um, yeah, I think had, with a few uh, staff changes in the SEC, a few guys were sniffing around late. Hmm. Then the other one, obviously, these are kind of the, the high-profile positions, but quarterback Darius Curry, it's always kind of exciting when you see a, a guy like that. He seems pretty dynamic, a guy that can run, a guy that can pass. Um, may not be the tallest guy, which is probably uh, why we had more of a shot on him than, than uh, you know, with, with bigger schools – coming in on him, but uh, what can you tell us about him? Playmaker. <laughs> um, what sold me on Darius Curry was it was last spring, Coach Mummy. I was, I was like, Coach Mummy, there's, we knew about Darius, right? But I was like, he's got to practice. He's got a spring ball practice. And I'm going to go to the spring ball practice and watch, watch them work out. And there was a list of Pac-12 schools there. 
and they all offered him that day too. A few in-conference people that were there, but what convinced me on Darius was this dude was rolling out left, going against his body, and he threw a ball 50 yards in the air and it's perfect strike. And I was like, okay, this kid can play. And like if you listen to what Coach Norvell said in the press conference yesterday, you look for a certain body type at the QB position, but there's an exception, right? And when a guy has Darius, like Darius with his skill set, you take that kid 10 times out of 10. He's a great player, even better person. He's got a charismatic personality. He attracts people to him. He's a great leader. But when that dude's playing and he's behind center, he's dangerous because he can hurt you with his arm and his legs. And he's got the ability to extend extend plays with his feet. And so I'm just excited to get a guy like Darius in this offense because we really never had a guy with that skill set. And not a guy that's afraid to compete, apparently. I mean, you've got a returning starter who's going to be just yep. a sophomore, right? And uh, yep. so that and might... he's an early enrollee, so he'll be here in January. Yeah, you got to love that. You got to love that. Um, all right, so then five five offensive linemen. You got, uh, you know, what? How many guys from the defensive side? Who just kind of run through a couple other highlights that you that you think that we should know about? I mean, the entire class, all all nineteen guys that we signed, everyone's going to help us be a championship team that we want to be. In the offensive line, we're bringing in some guys that are physical, guys that have size, and so they're going to be able to plug and play early on in their career. The running back. We talked about Jalen. We talked about the receivers and the quarterback. Then you look at the defense side of the ball. We're bringing in two defense linemen that are very athletic, right? And Coach Banks looks for a certain athletic profile. He doesn't just want big guys that can just sit there all day, right? He wants versatile athletes that play the defensive line so they can go get after the quarterback and disrupt the backfield. We're bringing in some great corners that have some length some linebackers that are two-way players that play offense and defense. And again, they want the best athletes. And those are some of the guys that we're bringing in that, on that, in that defensive signing class. Are some of these guys, uh, are they, where they're listed at on the, as their official position, are these guys that are candidates to, to move anywhere or do you bring them in as athletes and then see where to, where to put them? The guys that, I mean, you can always make a move, but the guys that they're, what they're listed at right now, that's where we plan on starting them. Gotcha. But I know there's some lists, like some lists had Jaden Landrum as a receiver, but he's definitely a linebacker. But that just shows you what Coach AP is looking for. He wants a guy that's a two-way player, you know, multi-sport athlete. And you look at Jaden and what he did offensively, he's a, he's a big body, he's fluid. And so that's what we're looking for for a linebacker profile. So how many scholarships do you have? left to give for the uh the next signing period we're completely done with high school you're done so yep. so the next so everything else next, will be transfers yeah and transfer wise um i mean roster management is very very important in college football and i think kids got to realize i mean they're on a essentially a one-year contract if they don't perform academically or athletically i mean you kind of got to look in the mirror if if that's the best place for them to be, right? Because we'll always go get in more talent. And if they don't perform, now they're just on the outside looking in that they're they're slow, they're falling down on the depth chart. And so our biggest needs right now, we're probably going to bring in six to eight transfers. But right now we're in a dead period. So we can't have any face-to-face -face contact with prospects. And then it'll open back up for transfer guys that first week of January after the new year. So we'll bring some guys in that window and then the semester starts the 16th. So we'll have really a week and a half to get guys in, get them uh, applied for school, get them admitted and, and go from there. So just a couple more for you. Um, you got, is this your third class? This is third class for this. Third staff, class. Right? Yep. yep. So, I mean, obviously the, the talent, the influx of talent has increased with you guys. Um, how does that start to translate into more wins on the field? Is it just, getting more experience with the young guys. I mean, obviously a couple of games didn't go our way. Um, and you would have loved to, to get to a bowl game. I know you guys had that as a goal, but uh, how yeah. do you take that next step next year and, and kind of. I think number one is we got to be better at coach as coaches. Um, we got to put our team in better positions, especially towards the end of the game. I mean, offensively, we got to take care of the football and we got to score when, when we have the ball, you know, and, or if it's a four minute situation, we got to be smarter with the clock offensively. And so, 
number one, it starts with us as coaches. But when you look at our now third recruiting class at Colorado State, it's kind of like you've been on the playground and you've been that that young kid that's kind of gotten pushed around a little bit, right? Now you come to sixth grade and you're <laughs> you're a big guy on campus. And now our players are starting to develop with Coach Simmons in the weight room. They're starting to get familiar with our scheme on offense, defense, and special teams. And so now we just want these guys that are now going to be third-year players in the program. Okay, this is your program. Let's go. And so – it sh we showed how close we were this past year, but close isn't good enough. Now we just got to get over that hump and be a, cha a championship contender team. So, like I mentioned, the bowl game would have been great because you get extra practices, you get that extra game. I'm sure you yeah. guys are lamenting missing out on that. So that just makes spring all the more important. What what in the spring kind of do you need to see? What are you looking to, to see happen this spring with an influx of uh, you know some of the younger guys and all that? I'm just excited to have some competition. I mean, you look at our first spring, we hardly had any guys there, right? Because we had a mass exodus last spring. We didn't really have a full recruiting class in yet. And so it's just nice to have really your roster here and let these guys compete to develop. And you're going to have depth. So we're going to have full practices. And we're going to get after it. Good deal. Hey, well, Chad, thanks so much for taking the time with me today and uh congrats on a great class merry christmas to you and uh your family i appreciate that thank you so much always great talking with you happy holidays to you as well you too go get back to coach norvell now appreciate it i will call him <laughs> right now all right thanks buddy take care yeah all right that was chad savage who along with the entire csu coaching staff did an amazing job bringing this class in Next up, we're going to have Adam Nygon. Uh, but before we bring in Adam and Mike, let me tell you about Ginger and Baker. Stop in for an amazing dinner at the Cash where you can enjoy fine steaks, chops, good whiskey, or select from their award-winning wine list. And the cafe restaurant just dropped their winter menu this week. Come on in for Chef Ryan's comfort food done right. Some highlights include tiramisu French toast, sloppy joe egg rolls, pumpkin apple bisque, bison chili, blackened salmon, and Ginger and Baker's classic pot roast made with Wagyu beef. Ginger Baker also features a coffee shop, event spaces, a teaching kitchen, and a market. If you have any last-minute Christmas shopping to do, hit up the market for some great gift options, some crafts, collectibles. Everything is decked out in holiday decor. Get in there, check it out. This place is amazing, guys. Support our friend Ginger Graham. Treat yourself to a world-class experience at our favorite place, Ginger and Baker. All right, pleased to welcome in Adam Nygon, the color analyst for the CSU Radio Network, the men's basketball broadcast. He's had a nice front row seat to, well, most most of the time you've had a front row seat. We saw you up up top for uh, out in Vegas, but uh, front row seat for watching this special team and uh, looking forward to getting his perspective on how things have going so far. we got two, two games left in the non-conference season. Adam, thanks for joining us, pal. Are you all ready for Christmas and this one last trip before the holidays? Yeah, yeah, I am, man. I'm, I'm enjoying the the breath of fresh air with the the schedule lightening up for us a little bit here. I think we only had like three games in 14 days or something crazy compared to the, you know, three per week that we were running. So it is. It's nice to catch my breath and definitely hang out with the family for the holidays. Could you tell a difference in the uh, the CSU Pueblo game after they had had what eight days off and before that it was a bit of a grind for them. So they. They seem to be a little more refreshed. I know the the level of play, the opponent wasn't quite up to what they had been facing, but they seemed a little more refreshed. Yeah, oh, for sure. And just like maybe just even looking at the schedule, they could finally take a, you know, a deep breath and say, hey, oh my gosh, here we are. We know we finally got to this part where we, we you know, you knew we were going to be beat up and, and all that. But, uh, you know, the, the thing that was kind of crazy about the other night is, I'm not sure if you guys noticed or not, but they played the starters a lot. Like, I mean, yeah. they were up 25 plus and the starters were, you know, Patrick Cartier comes subbing in with about six minutes left. And so, you know, a, you know, a little bit of me is wondering why, but you know, as I'm thinking about things, it's probably just because we don't play so many games in the next few days. He's just trying to keep that game conditioning up. You know, it's a little different practicing to, to game speed. So I'm sure it was just really, you know, we got to get some, some guys just, you know, cooking a little bit and stay fresh. So, you know, good to I, see I, them. I heard you uh I heard you questioning that on the air. So uh and I was wondering the same because I mean it was down to what just a few minutes left in the game and we're up nearly 30. And uh so yeah, that that had me worried a little bit too, especially with some of the injuries yeah. we've had. But but you're right, maybe they're just 
shaking off a little of the rust from the eight days off. But this team has had quite the injury bug recently, right? Uh, Josiah Strong and Jalen Lake have been out. Hopefully get, they get them back by league play here uh, in a couple weeks. And then uh, Bemba was hurt. He didn't, did he play at all against CSU Pueblo? Just a little bit, I think. Nope. Uh, Pat nope. has missed some time. And so in, in the, in years past, there's no way that we would have been able to have the depth to survive like all these injuries, especially the key guys, but this team has, how, how are you seeing how this team has handled the adversity with some of the injuries and key guys being out? Well, I'll start with a little bit of the injuries, just as, as from what I know, playing basketball over a grueling season like that, you know, it's, it's, it's what type of injuries are they? So a, a clean break for Jalen Lake, you know, that's, you know, pretty simple coming back from that. It's just, let's get the bone healed and get you back. They can stay in shape. You know, Josiah Strong, same thing. It's a, a wrist thing, non-shooting. You know, it's it's basically just hopefully you get these six weeks or so out of the way and he's healed. You know, it's the other ones where Patrick Cartier's is back spasms, where, you know, those, everybody who has them knows they come and go and can just be a little nudge here and there. They, they kind of linger. And then uh, Bemba's is a groin, which got to be real careful with groins. You know, they, if they're not torn, they're close, you know, you can't push them too hard. So I don't mind seeing Bemba just maybe sit out even the next week and a half here until we get into conference, just because of the type of injury he has. But, you know, then to answer that second part is it, it is doing a, a heck of a lot for our program, not only this season, but next season and moving forward, getting a lot of these other guys minutes here and, and meaningful minutes, especially, these young guards and Tavy Jackson and Kyan Evans really coming in and starting to play 20 plus minutes a game. So you just kind of brought it up about the uh, CSU Pueblo game. There's been a few, few posters that have really clung on to your comments and, so that they could be very critical of, of the program and especially coach Medved uh, again, having starters in after the 10 minute mark against CSUP and, and just our slow start against uh Kansas City. Now, how important is it while, while you're doing color, is it to be honest when you're describing what you're seeing on the court so that your listeners can feel, can get a feel for that game? Well, it, honestly, I try and be as critical and constructive as I can. I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm seeing it from a coach's perspective and, and, and numbers, and I try and relay a lot of that to where you know, especially now that we're getting broadcast on these Mountain West net network games, which is essentially, you know, a TV game where we kind of lean back on, on some of the, you know, Homer, you know, CSU stuff as hard as we can. And we, we, you know, we call both ways, you know, if I see something good from a Fresno state kid or a, you know, CSU Pueblo kid cooked a little bit that Walter dude got going. And so, you know, you see some things that, you, you know, you like, and so you, you want to comment on that, but then certainly I, I see some things that I don't like and that, you know, I, I think that we could be better at, or I'm going to call out and it's, it's not from a point of, you know, you know, I'm, I'm all ball. You know what I mean? I don't care who's in there. Who's, you know, Isaiah messes up the other night has eight turnovers. We're calling him out for everything he's doing too. It's, you know, it's, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun doing it. And, and I, I hope people see that I'm not just a Homer out there going rah, 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 CSU. I am just, I'm out there watching ball and calling it as I see it. I, I got to say, I, I do appreciate that. Having watched so many of the uh, women's volleyball and, and women's basketball on the Mount West Network, hearing hearing the uh, opposing team's uh, color and play-by-play -play guys, man, there's some big-time homers out there in the uh, in the Mountain West. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being a homer to a point, but, you know, we do kind of check ourselves a little with some of the refs. You know, I'm, I'm a player. I used to talk crap to the refs so much anyways that it's hard for me not to say stuff about the refs so if anything that's what we're trying less is be a little less critical of what they're doing out there but you know those guys those poor guys put themselves in a lot of tough positions too have you been tracking the net much and and where csu obviously fluctuates based every night based on what's happening to our opponents and how csu is played and whatnot but uh, have you been tracking that as well as Are we I don't know, man. I'm having trouble trusting like committees at the end of the day with the, with the college football stuff that just happened. You know, it's, it's just when you leave it to the net and then give a committee to figure it out. I just, I'm trying not to get too bought up in like, you know, I saw CSU for a while. It was like a, a one seed or something, you know, they were like going to get a one seed. And it's like, I, I don't know, even at the end of the day, if we had the metrics, do you think, you know, four guys in a room are going to let Kentucky get a one seed or, you know, it's just, 
I don't, I don't trust it. So I'm not buying in yet until we get a little further down March. You know, I definitely see those, those rankings, you know, top 12, you know, is, is crazy cool and, and fun to see. And, you know, I'm just, you know, probably stuck in, you know, just catching my breath from the last couple of games here. And then, you know, looking up and here we are going into a grinder of a conference season. So it's, it's really, you're going to find out here in the next probably two and a half weeks, who's who in the league, as far as, you know, you got Utah state playing good, but hasn't played a great schedule. Nevada certainly up there. And then New Mexico, San Diego state and us, it's just, you know, you're going to figure things out pretty quick in this league. Well, you're right. There's too many, there's been too many screw jobs over the years, including to us in, in that one, in particular, the one year with Larry Stacey, which was just baffling. Uh, but I, I think just looking at this, it's nice to know that this is one of the components being used by the committee. They'll find a way to, to knock us down or knock Mountain West teams down a, a seat or whatnot. But it is good to see, knowing that going into league play, there are five teams within the top 50 of the net rankings. And um, in the past, you know, you've had a, you'd have a few good teams and then a bunch of, you know, 200, 300 level, uh, what used to be the RPI or now the net. And it would bring you down. It would bring down your strength of schedule and make your wins look um, not as good. So this year, as you just mentioned, it is going to be a grinder. What's um, in some of the, in, in what you've previewed or looked at and watched a lot of college basketball, what's been your thoughts of the early season here for the Mount West? Well, I'm trying to figure out if Utah State's as good as they are. I mean, I know their coach is as good as anybody in the nation right now with bringing nobody back and doing what, what they've done in, in 12 games, didn't just win, lose one and, and all that. And then, you know, it's, you know, Nevada has been up and down. They've played really good against some teams and then, you know, lost a couple here and there and, you know, New Mexico, they, they've been hurt, you know, and so they, you know, not sure what they have. They finally got their guys back. They look like they're cooking. You, you know, who wants to go play the pit when it's rocking and they've got, you know, things cooking, uh, the other team is, is Boise state. You know, they had a tough non-conference. They lost some tough games early in that, you know, MTE tournament they played and, you know, they're, they're tough. They're well coached. They're going to do some things and, you know, really grind you up defensively. So I, I think you're going to find out between Boise state and Utah state specifically how they, you know, fare. And, and in particular, I guess we play them two out of the first three games in conference. So you know, they're going up against, you know, the top dog and, and Rams. So it's uh it's going to be a fun first couple of weeks, man. That's for sure. We've had a few impressive wins this year. What sticks out in your mind? What was the top, top win that you saw? Obviously Creighton was a, a huge one. It's losing a little bit's luster with a couple, couple of the recent losses, but t tell me what you have seen front row in some of these games. I like just that the Washington game, we grinded out a bad game. We've had some bad games. I mean, the game against Washington was impressive because we were just, we were just slipping to the finish line as hard as we could. We finally caught that lead, made the right plays down the stretch. I didn't even realize that, you know, Josiah had broken his hand on the stanchion there at the end because he steps in, knocks those free throws down, and you kind of just forget about that play specifically. But I thought that game was a little bigger in the sense that, I mean, we dominated we dominated Creighton top, you know, to start. It was just what it was. They couldn't hit anything and we were locked in. And so I thought the Washington win was probably a little more impressive with the pieces that we, you know, may have not had there and, and the way we grinded that out against, you know, turning out to be a pretty good win again against Washington. So you, you've been really active on social media this season and been making all these short clips on players and, and upcoming games. I love it. What brought this on and uh, what kind of feedback have you been receiving? <laughs> well, it, it it's funny because I, I, I wanted a different way to present the things that I'm already saying on the radio and on the air, just like to get them out to more people in a way that I know they're actually going to hear it and, and get to it, you know, and suddenly, certainly with short form video it, it, these days is it. It's as hard as it's ever been to say something in 30 seconds. You know, I'm trying to keep my stuff to 30 seconds or less and try and get you with some some good hitting hard facts that I, you know, I've looked up and worked hard at with, you know, watching the team over the last, gosh, I can't believe I've been doing it almost eight years now. But uh, yeah, this this specifically, man, is just something way for me to kind of get the information that I've been, you know, kind of grinding out over the last few years into some video. And it's it's been really fun seeing everybody's reaction and uh you know, some of my buddies giving me a hard time about a few of them. 
what AI program have you been using for the? Uh... <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, I, no, I got the like. Yeah, I got the Chat GPT thing going, so that's nice. You could just type something in, and it'll kick kick out an image for you or whatever. But I, I don't know. I use like one of the TikTok programs. You know, it's just whatever. It's a quick filler. I. It, I, they're getting better. I know the first couple have been just a, you know, bear with me a little bit. But uh, again, if you stick with it, the information in there is pertinent. Again, the production value, I don't know yet, but we're we're still working on it. I mean, I love the Parks and Rec look. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you spent Thanksgiving in Kansas City while Roth spent it in Hawaii. Did he at least bring you a souvenir? <laughs> No, his Hawaii trips are all business and he 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 really he gets in and out. They they got home. They didn't even get to see that Creighton win. They flew in overnight and everybody got off the plane and said, What happened? We won. Oh my gosh. And like, you know, he didn't even get to watch that. So I know he was out there in the in the tropical paradise, but it, it hurt him a little bit to go out there and uh not see one of the biggest wins, you know, in our in our program. So I, I know he didn't bring me a, a a, a souvenir but uh we did actually go to the 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 barbecue joint you you recommended the q39 or which was it i forget yeah, q, uh q38 yeah it, yeah it was good me and waz went out there man and uh checked it out so it, it was good for sure nice you, you definitely you definitely came on top with the uh with the game that you called compared to brian that day yeah yikes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um so you, you you played at the start of Timmy's era here and, and you helped usher in a, a, a big recruiting class that, that really uh, took CSU to a different level. Having played with those guys, having watched them and having covered Isaiah for the last five years, where do you really rank Isaiah in, in the players that you've seen at CSU? Well, Isaiah – Okay, so I've 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 seen Dorian. Okay, I I know Dorian and I know Isaiah and I know him really really well. One really personally and Isaiah, you know, I haven't missed a game. So it's it, it's it, it's fun to have those two, you know. And and so what I say is is Dorian came in and and he was just so self aware of who he was, what he was, and what he was going to do when he got there. And his plan was to start from the from the jump, and he was going to be you know, the starter. That's why he came to CSU because he knew he could start. He knew he could play right away, got those live reps. And then with Isaiah is a little different is him and, you know, Roddy kind of connected up and said, let's do this. Let's go, you know, to CSU. And he came in and he was more talented right away. I mean, he could go get you a bucket. He could do, he could do pick and roll right away. Like he's as good at pick and rolls I've seen from the jump as a freshman. I mean, I've ever seen. And obviously there's a big reason why, you know, so it, you know, as they've progressed and, and things like that, I mean, the thing you can't take away from Dorian green is he probably won us one of the biggest games in recent history in the last 40 years at beating Missouri and being, you know, went lights out at 26 points or something crazy. Didn't miss a shot or whatever those numbers are. So, you know, is, is Isaiah going to get that moment here? You know, am I, you know, a little, a little forecast there, I hope. So, um, you know, where I rank those two, I mean, it's, it's the Jordan and LeBron it's one, a one B, you know, it's not really one or the other. They're just two different monsters. And what's going to be hard for me is, that fifth year is killing me, guys. This fifth year COVID stuff is it, it it shreds record books. You know, you don't know what to really do. Do you take the best four years? You know, I just can't wait to be done with that fifth year. Just be done with it. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, the record that he's about to break, and what is he? Twelve points away. Yeah, thirteen, twelve, something like that, and yeah. it's going to be all time scoring. He's about to get to seven hundred assists. I mean. His steals, he just passed me in steals. So are we are we counting that, guys? Am I still <laughs> up there? You know, I, I think I still got him in steals. So I, we'll see. But it's, uh again, this COVID year, just you can't keep up. And then they get that year for transfer. And so it's, as soon as that's over, you know, maybe it's it's back to normal. But who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, you, you got to wonder if that's, uh you know, guys like Never you and it. Pat Durham are not lamenting the fact, but it, you know, you gotta look, you gotta look at it, right? It, it's, it's all it's, I have, you guys. It is all <laughs> I have in those record books. It's all I got. 
regardless of four or five years, he is definitely one of the top players that CSU's ever had. So it's fun. Uh, uh, so yeah. you, you may witness his history tomorrow. So that's exciting. So if if those two are LeBron and, and Jordan, so does that make Roddy Jokic? Because Jokic is the best player ever. <sighs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> now you're putting me in a tough spot. I, I am, I'm going to – Again, I can only vouch for players I have played or seen played, I feel like. That gives me a way to analyze. So we're going from 07 to, you know, present here, essentially. I mean, yeah, Roddy, I mean, is unbelievable. I mean, Jason Smith, what are you going to say about Jason? I mean, three years, two, first-round draft pick. I, it's, we'll see, man. I, he's up there. Yeah, Jokic, I mean, I, with the things that Roddy does that Jason doesn't, for sure, Roddy is Jokic. <laughs> nice love it love it all right so what's your favorite play, uh game as a player that you played and what's your favorite game that you have called so man favorite game i've called is kind of an easy one it was a road win um 2016-17 something like uh we beat san diego state where gene clavel just went crazy like he just I, you know, we're a little teared up even at San Diego State a couple of rows. And it was just like he hit this teardrop, you know, shimmy shake fade away right in front of us. Like to just like set us, me and Brian, the only people in there on fire, just going crazy courtside, you know. And just I remember that shot so vividly of him not, like we're not losing this game. There's no way. And so it was uh, it, that was probably my funnest one as, a, as an analyst. Um, my favorite one to play. I mean, my favorite because it's a rivalry game and what it, what, what it was is I in uh, senior year against Wyoming or junior year, I hit seven threes against Wyoming at home. And uh, it was, it, you know, seven of 10, whatever it was, but maybe the best part about it is I, I heard some guy ended up getting fired after that because of that call, because it was his scout on that, you know, thing. And he ended up getting tossed because I went off because he, tried to call me a non-shooter or told him go under a screen a few times or something. So that one probably feels the best, but uh, you know, one that, one that I remember that I regret a little bit, especially as you know, Tim Shelton came on our staff from San Diego state. That also hurt me a little bit to see him in the green and gold as you know, he was a big rivalry back in the day, but uh, you know, we, we were, we were on track to beat those guys my junior year and Andy Ogade elbows Cartwell in the head and gets tossed from the game. Only other time I've seen the guy get tossed in the game, actually, other than the Nick Clifford deal the other day. And uh, you know, we were, we were about to, you know, take them finally get that one. And when he goes down, man, that just killed our momentum. And so that game is probably my, my toughest regret is, is not getting them in that Mountain West conference that year. Ah, that's a tough one. Yeah, I remember that. I definitely remember that game. So getting back to this team, bud, you got two games left in the non-conference. You got tomorrow night against uh, Loyal Marymount. We'll talk a little bit more about them. And then uh, Adam State to close out. So if you can – I mean, this, this one tomorrow is a little bit tougher. But can you – getting to 12-1 and one would be a pretty nice non-conference for this team. Would you have imagined looking at this schedule before the season that they would have accomplished that? No. I mean, you just didn't know they could – survive that you know monster of boston college creighton colorado and, and washington and i mean me and me and somebody sat down you know a couple days before boston college and said what are we what are we looking at realistically if we, if we go two and two in the next four are we are we excited or you know like it was just kind of like you know how can we kind of sneak a couple here to just get through this stretch and you know once you once you beat Creighton, then it's, you know, all the expectation of all the thing, handling that and, and dealing with that is probably the most impressive thing to come back and beat Colorado at home. And then, you know, again, I mentioned that Washington was probably the gutsiest one. And, you know, so this one matters tomorrow night. Loyola Marymount, certainly a hundred top 125. It looks in Ken Palm right now. So, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy, but, you know, we don't have a lot of road experience either with a, a, a small roster and, and some freshmen out there. So I'm excited, man. I think it's going to be a little bit of a grind, but, you know, get this one. And, and, and now you can really kind of, you know, stare down that, that monster of the conference season. What can you tell us about Loyal Marymount? Have you studied them much yet? 
you know, I haven't looked at them much. I'll be honest. I, I'm, you know, kind of enjoying these breaks with the the holidays and things. So yeah. I'll dig in. I, I, I don't know much other than, you know, it's, it, it's, they're up and down. They've had some good wins, some, some bad losses. They beat UNLV, which, you know, is that saying much or isn't it, you know, with the way they've shown up every other week and they're a Jekyll so, and Hyde team for sure. It, yeah. It's just, so I don't know much other than, you know, Stan Johnson comes from CU, you know, their head coach. So He's, he certainly has an idea of Colorado State. I don't know how much him and Nico have reacted or he's seen our crazy style of offense, which is really causing people some chaos. But, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's just wouldn't be one of those ones. we got to grind one out. I don't think we're going to blow anybody out tomorrow night. So, look, at if we can get our the, the rest of the guys healthy going into league play, what do you think this team is capable of? Uh, is it a Mountain West Championship type of team? Is it a team that can make a run into the tournament uh, a few rounds, or what do you think? <laughs> you guys want me to start throwing crazy takes like Stephen A. around right now, or what do you, you know? Uh... I mean, just tell, I mean, you you have a basketball eye. I mean, we're all excited thinking, hey, this is at least a Sweet 16 team. This is a Mountain <laughs> West Championship type of team. But, uh, you know, talk us off of, uh, talk us off our pedestal. Or, I think uh, you guys are, are on the right track. I don't think it's crazy to think that we aren't the the certain favorites in the league right now with what we've shown in the non-conference and when we're healthy, what we can do. I, I think matchups matter a lot in the NCAA tournament. I don't care what the seed is. You could, you could, you know, get stuck with a terrible matchup and just don't match up well. And you know, that, that, that could be your demise too. So, you know, I won't say much for how far we can go. We've certainly shown that we can play with anybody in the, the, the nation right now. And, that that's going to play well to, you know, when you do get into that type of, you know, environment is you're not afraid of anybody or not, you know, nothing you really haven't seen before. If that's for sure. Well, bud, we will let you go. This has been a great conversation. Always love catching up with you, man. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate it. You, uh, so you're, you're heading out tomorrow and you're back uh, the next day and you're back for Christmas and everything. Bet your wife's happy with that to have hoops done for a few days. Yeah. These, these last couple of weeks have been nice, man. I'm not going to lie. And so she, She's she's been nice. Maybe I'll get something nice in my stocking from her. We'll see. <laughs> Don't cross your fingers though, all right? <laughs> well, you better spend some time today putting out your 30-second clip for your preview on Loyal Marymount. I've been waiting anxiously. So Yeah, back to my back to my dungeon, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Keep up the great work. Love listening to you on the broadcast and uh thanks for joining us, man. Happy holidays. Of course. Same to you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, bud. All right, that'll do it. Just want to say good luck to both hoops teams coming up. Oh man, by the way, the undersized Lady Rams lost a tough one last night, Wednesday night, to a much, a much bigger Mississippi State team at Moby Arena. Unfortunately, CSU took a 64-56 lead into the fourth quarter and couldn't hold it. They got outscored 26 to 11 the rest of the way. Bulldogs guard uh Lauren Park Lane made a Moby Arena record 10 threes in the game, including three in the fourth quarter. Kind of buried the Rams. CSU star McKenna Hofschild put up her fifth double-double of the year, 25 points, 10 assists. Uh, Rams are now on to league play. They open with San Diego State December 30th. So uh, that's their next game. And as we discussed, the men will play at Loyola Marymount tomorrow, Friday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Mountain. That's on ESPN+. Plus. Then they'll wrap non-conference play at home against Adams State next Friday. It would really be great to finish non-conference at 12-1 and going into a tough league slate. Uh, so that'll be fun to watch. Good luck to those both our teams coming up. And anyways, thanks uh, to our guests today, Chad Savage and Adam Nygon. Thanks to Mike Rowe for squeezing us into his work schedule today. Uh, thanks to all of you for listening and for spending your days on Ram Nation. Please support our sponsors and please get involved with the Green and Gold Guard, as you heard Coach Savage talk about. That is extremely important to uh to our retaining and attracting players to this university and to helping our, our programs win. Mike and I are most likely off from our podcast next week, uh, but we will be filling in on Thursday next week on the whole show as Brady is taking off uh, for the holidays that week. So that is going to be fun. We'll hold down three hours worth. We'll talk heavily about CSU athletics and more. We'll have some great guests on also. Uh, working on a few things there. But uh, until then, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and your families. Go Rams.
my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities.